Welcome to the seventh podcast in the Financial Framework series. Financial Frameworks is dedicated to helping you create a stronger financial decision-making process by using interdisciplinary tools that make finance personal and integrate your values with these tools. Do you want to become smarter about money as you move through life? Is financial security and knowing how it happened important to you? And always my third question, do you know what you don't know about solid financial decision-making? If those questions are interesting to you, I think that the next 15 minutes or so will be useful to you. I'm Michael Lehan. I've worked in the financial services industry for 15 years. I've taught finance to mid-level executives, most of whom had operational responsibilities for 18 years, and I've worked for a number of large, complex private sector firms and in the public sector. I currently run my own consulting business to bring applied financial decision-making tools to a wider audience. While my training was in philosophy, administration, and education, my interest in combining teaching and finance stems from my work and also realizing how many critical financial decisions I made before I was 35 with almost no relevant practical knowledge, and then the additional time I had to spend developing my aptitude. My goal is for others to not have to experience what I did and to make decisions with greater awareness and with greater practical skills. I think finance is like chess in that there are probably a million different moves, but only 65 really count. You should know those moves. Today, we will look at the practical hows, whys, and whats of interest rates. Most of us are taught the whats. We know what interest rates are on credit cards, financing a car purchase, bank loans, etc. However, planning and being in charge and having a framework for making good decisions means understanding the hows and whys of interest rates before making the choices. So in addition to going over the whys and hows, we will do two additional things. We'll look at some context for the near future, framing why interest rates will be rising more. Finally, we will tackle the question, how can you make rising interest rates work for you? Let's start with what are interest rates to me? I think it has a four-part answer. An interest rate is the price of money. What a person pays or receives for using money is the price of money. Whether you are borrowing or receiving interest on an account, the rate measures risk, particularly when borrowing, or value when you're receiving. In one way, it's like your blood pressure number. That is a number that is not casually constructed, and just as the blood pressure number gives indicators to a doctor or a nurse and tells them a lot about what is going on in a person's body, a specific interest rate reflects economic pressures, business cycles, risks, costs of funds, a wide variety of factors. That's the basic definition. Now let's build a practical element into your definition of interest rates. An important thing to keep in mind when you read or listen to commentators on television or on the internet is that most of these commentators are presenting information from the perspective of an economist. And what you and I need is the perspective of an electrician or a plumber. Economists think in statistical terms, in terms of modeling, rational, and their theories are useful. I'm not discounting economics. However, you and I need to think in terms of application. How much is coming in? How much is going out? The flow of money. 
like plumbers and electricians, money is always flowing in or out, and interest rates are an important governor or regulator of the flow of money. How fast? What is the volume? What are some of the other mechanics? The third element, how we receive and process information regarding interest rates is partially due to the language used to frame the information. Commentators will say rates are going up, as if all interest rates are going up, and their dancers in a chorus line or an offensive line for a football team all moving together at once at the same time. Well, that's not true. One of the beauties of the English language is that it is very flexible, and often simple sentences can carry a lot of meaning quickly so that the core ideas are conveyed as quickly and succinctly as possible. However, things can be too simplified. When someone says rates are going up, my first thought is, really, all the rates are going up all at once, all of them, all at the same time? I don't think so. Because there are many different types of interest rates, bank interest rates, and not all banks operate the same way, credit card interest rates, mortgage rates, car loan rates, rates that brokerage firms pay on deposits, interest rates that institutions charge and pay each other, and so on. So my first thought, which also should be your first thought, which ones are going up and how do they affect me? The fourth part of the answer is a purely practical approach to interest rates and probably the most important one because it's based on your anticipation of the future in the context of what your financial needs are. In short, what are you paying now, receiving now, and what do you want both of those rates to look like in light of coming changes? An interest rate, if you are receiving it on an investment, is one way to measure the speed with which your assets will increase. The interest rate on something you are paying is a speed bump or a hurdle or a drag in the way of you growing your assets. In both cases, you need a framework to see what is coming and to evaluate choices. This fourth part of the answer, what are interest rates to me, is really a process. It urges you to look for ways to increase what's coming in and look for ways to decrease interest costs going out. Before addressing the question uh, that was initially asked, Let's set the stage with concepts and contextual information you need to analyze choices and build your framework. There are three basic things about the hows of interest rates that should be part of your framework and your working toolkit. Number one is understanding the difference between real and nominal interest rates. Right now, your bank savings account is paying about a half of 1%. And, as reported by the Bureau of Labor Statistics on the morning of April 12th, inflation increased by 1.2% in March 2022 and by 8.5% between March 2021 and March 2022. The rate you received from the bank is the nominal interest rate. You received one half of 1% for March of 2022. The real interest rate is combining inflation with the nominal rate. And when you combine the two, you get a real interest rate of minus 0.7%. The interest rate for inflation was higher than the interest rate 
for your bank deposits, in comparing the nominal rate with the inflation rate, it didn't keep pace. It's important to be aware of the differences between nominal and real rates. Number two is simple versus compound interest. If you have a mortgage or a car loan and you choose the fixed rate option, you are paying simple interest. Interest is calculated on the original principal balance and the amount of interest that you pay over the life of the loan does not change. It's calculated on the original principal. The interest rate on your credit card is a compound loan. The credit card company adds the interest to the balance, in some cases on a daily basis, and then the next round of interest is calculated on the combination of principal and additional interest. You want to be earning compound interest and paying simple interest. The third thing that is important to understand about interest rates is the term structure of interest rates. All interest rates are connected in some way, either through the fundamental interest rate set by the Federal Reserve, through the business cycle, or through maturity periods. These relationships are represented in the yield curve, which is also called the term structure of interest rates, and is represented either as an Excel spreadsheet or as a graph. I've posted both the Excel spreadsheet and a graph of the yield curve on my website, finframeworks.com, for you to consider. A useful habit is to look at the yield curve graph. I find pictures and graphs are quicker and they convey a great deal of information every couple of weeks to see whether interest rates are changing. You will invariably start to ask yourself questions because you are building a framework and you're working to look into the future. The, those questions will probably create secondary questions. That's usually how learning works. Keeping these three concepts and definitions in your back pocket will increase the acuity of your observations about interest rates and your financial future. At the outset, I said that we would talk about the why of interest rates. Specifically, why are interest rates increasing right now? In short, healthy societies keep interest rates at a level that promotes economic activity and preserves the purchasing power of society's money, which is essential for consumer and business confidence. The Federal Reserve, the U.S.'s central bank, currently believes that raising rates, which have been historically low for several years, will achieve that balance. Now let's look to the question that was presented. How can you make rising interest rates work for you? We will first take an inventory of the rates that you receive and pay right now. Then secondly, we will do some preliminary planning. For both cases, let's assume that interest rates will rise in the near term and that within the next six months, the Federal Reserve will raise rates by 1.5% and banks, other institutions will follow that 1.5% increase in some fashion. Let's look at your current interest rate inventory. We'll look at paying first. If you have a credit card balance and are paying monthly, that rate will increase and probably quickly, very often a day after the Federal Reserve raises the rate it charges banks. You need to know how much additional money will be going out the door. If you have fixed rate borrowings, they will not change unless the lender has a call provision in the agreement. The bottom line is to understand what about 
of interest is being paid today in order to prepare for increases. In terms of the interest you're receiving, if it's a bank savings account, they will increase, but somewhat slow, more slowly. If you have other depository sources of interest, they may rise slightly faster. But you make a note of that. Now for the planning part. Again, because we're assuming an increase from the Federal Reserve of 1.5%, which may not seem like a lot, but it is significant if you're an institution or a corporation because it's large volumes of money, but it's also important to you because this will occur over time, and over time it can add up. You plan for increased interest rate returns by looking at alternatives. So again, let's say that your money is in a savings account right now. The question is, would you consider putting it into some form of short-term security, like a U.S. Treasury bond, or some other form of investment that might pay a higher rate as long as it was easily accessible and safe. My reason for asking this question is I looked this morning at the changes in the yield curve over the past three months. Three months ago, there was no difference between short-term bond rates and savings accounts in banks. If you look at the rate for a six-month U.S. Treasury uh, bill, this morning, the rate is 1.08%, or twice what the savings bank deposit is paying. And that is a short-term investment, six months. You can look at even shorter-term investments, and that might be intelligent because what if rates change again three months from now? In that situation, shorter is better. The basic point here is to explore alternatives in this changing world without losing any safety, to see if you can make more. With regard to interest that you're paying, are there refinancing opportunities? Are there credit cards that will charge you a lower rate? Is there some way to reduce the amount of interest that's being paid through alternative financing, different vehicles? Because we know that lenders will pass along increased costs as soon as they experience them similar to interest receive, look for alternatives. The ultimate arbiter will be how these increases, both on the plus and the minus side, will affect your spending habits. Will you have to set aside more to pay credit card bills and spend less disposable income on fewer things? Will you have the opportunity to increase the amount of funds that you will be receiving through an alternative investment? These are not simple choices and will require some research. However, looking at interest rates as a variable in your financial framework with knowledge will increase your ability to protect your financial position. A financial framework that works to peer into the future and anticipate interest rates with the intent to act in accordance with your values, especially regarding what is financially safe, should produce a healthier long-term future for you. I hope this has been helpful, and I look forward to bringing you Podcast 8. Mike Lee Hinn.